0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Conscious Awakening Series. I'm your host, Sheila Seppi, and my intention with this podcast is to support you on your spiritual and cosmic growth path. Now, each week, we explore inspiring stories of resilience, triumph, transformation, and empowerment, and today, it is my honor to host Phil Gruber. Now, Phil is featured in the critically acclaimed film, The Indigo Evolution. His passion, enthusiasm, kind spirit, sparkling wit, and intelligence has made him a much-loved, highly respected, and in-demand speaker on the international scene. He is acknowledged worldwide as one of the foremost teachers of advanced healing systems, light language, sacred geometry, the Magdalene inheritance, indigo, walk-ins, the structure of the time-space, and the Time Space Matrix, the Ascension Mechanics, and an ever-expanding repertoire of diverse and fascinating subjects. So, Phil, welcome to Conscious Awakening series. How are you?
1: Well, that's quite a bio. I write that, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. I
1: think you know we all write it. our own bios. We all write our own stories, don't
0: we? There you we go. Wa-
1: we would like to. We'd like to be the authors of our own. Unique and collective evolutionary destinies. And I think your work and a lot of our work, I think, is helping people, assisting people and being the authors or the auteurs or the authors um, of our own destinies. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. very important. That's sovereignty, bringing back our own sovereignty.
0: Awesome. You know, well, now I know. And power
1: to direct our lives.
0: Yeah. You are a plethora of walking information when it comes to the morphogenic field, consciousness, the Hova bodies, the Cathara teachings, and a whole lot more. And tonight, I think you're going to talk to us about the Emerald Covenant and the Time Matrix. Is that right?
1: That's right.
0: Okay. You know, I've
1: had wonderful, and I include you among them, you're, you know, I I have had wonderful teachers and wonderful mentors, you being among them. You know, you really helped enlighten me a lot about the walking phenomenon. Actually, to use an expression, you literally wrote the book <laughs> <laughs> on the walking phenomena. And that really And I'm writing another
0: best. book with Barbara Lamb. It should we should have it finished by the end of the month on walk-ins, hybrids and star seeds.
1: That would be wonderful. Yeah. It's really very very important. We have our, I say we but I have my own little take on, on the walk-in phenomenon. I believe that I am the product of, of a walk-in experience. As you know, as many people out there know that have heard me and seen me um, when I was six years old uh, due to a car accident, a, a head-on collision. Uh, we estimate the car was going about 60 miles an hour. I always hit head-on. I was thrown up into the air, down the street, a soft landing and not a scratch. And I think this is a situation where I possibly had the, well, I know now that I did have the contract to bring in a lot of this information, but at a later date. And I think for a lot of us, it's a near fatal accident or near fatal illness. If we need to be on this planet, if we got that kind of contract, we need to be here. There will be direct intervention. Right. And from the age of six to about, I think the walk in, as soon as the walk in came in, just the force of the impact threw me, but not not a scratch. But it was starting at the age of six where I started to get these amazing downloads. So much so I didn't, I had no reference. Six year old, you know, I know a lot of children have imaginary playmates, but like orders of, of angels, <laughs> and I knew all their names, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and that was when my mother, my mother wanted to meet to see a psychiatrist at that time. And luckily my father intervened, but that walk-in lasted about 10 years. And as soon as it came in, it walked back out again. It was there to save my life. For so pretty much from the ages of six to 16, 17, um, I just had all this information that, that started to, the seals became, got released progressively And now I understand more, and and certainly thanks to you about this, about the walk-in phenomenon, and really the the larger story of what it means for not just those that know we're walk-ins. There are a lot of people that don't understand yet a lot of the walk-in phenomenon, the the larger context of it, the larger framework where we fit in. And, And it's so connected. It's really a great place to begin for a lot of people, understanding their place in this whole in this whole, uh, why we're here, where we come from, why we're here, what's our purpose here? It really helps answer some of the most fundamental questions and profound questions we ask ourselves. So where this information, I believe the source of this information, let's start with that to give a, a context, okay? Now, throughout human evolution, I mean, we know that, uh, uh, as you said, a plethora. I never actually knew the the, the correct pronunciation. I thought it was plethora. And it but probably
0: the, is. <laughs> it
1: <could be. laughs> to me,
0: potatoes, patatas, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> exactly. For, you, it's
1: potatoes. For me, it's tomatoes. It's the same right. thing, right? You know, uh, many races have brought teachings to Earth in order to influence to direct the course of Earth human evolution. And there are primary interdimensional races, visitor races, that have been involved with ancient and pre ancient human culture. Collectively, we call them the Brenau races. That's B R E N E A U. Brenau orders. These are collectives from what we call densities four and five. And a little bit later, we're going to get into what actually that means. And these Brenau orders. They visited humanity, they have visited humanity during many different time periods. Why? in an attempt to keep the history of humanity's original creation contract and our intended Sheila, our intended evolutionary destiny, alive within the Earth human races, and that original co-evolution agreement made between these Brennau races. These are races, these are like races of living light. Pure radiation, pure waveform consciousness, higher, quote unquote, than even the avatars and the, Christ, the Christed ones, Buddhas, Bodhisattvas. And again, it's important to remember that even the avatars are continuing their evolutionary journey. Much as the Rishi, the Brenau, even the Ascended Masters have a few steps to go to come to full at one But this original co-evolution agreement made by the Brenau races. In seeding our particular time matrix was called the Emerald Covenant. And if you read The Wizard of Oz, with, with the knowledge that, that L. Frank Baum and his wife joined the Ramayana Theosophical Society in Chicago eight years before he wrote The Wizard of Oz, if you read The Wizard of Oz with that with a the theosophical filter, metaphysical, a deep metaphysical filter you realize that he was bringing real high level information. The movie is amazing as it is, but the book, the book has is just an incredible unveiling of many, many, many deep, deeper mysteries. And that original Emerald Covenant was made 950 billion years ago. We're talking about huge time cycles of 950 billion years. This is the breathing rhythm of the cosmos. This is the great mother gathering up, uh breathing out everything into creation. And then after 950 billion years, breathing it back, letting it mingle with herself, you know, and then just another breath out into the into the into into the creation. This is the breathing of the, the, the great mother. This is the breath. This is it, the breath. This is the this is we worship the holy breath, which is, which is placed higher than all other, all other things in creation. For lo, the eternal and sovereign space will rule the unnumbered stars is the air we breathe in and we breathe out. And in that moment betwixt, and I'm quoting from the Essene Gospel of Peace, the third communion with the angel of air. In that moment betwixt, the breathing in and breathing out is hidden all the mysteries of the infinite garden. I think the great mother is about to take another breath out. Another 950 billion year cycle, not just the end of the Kali Yuga and then the beginning of this new uh, uh, Satri Yuga. This is the beginning of, a, of a, the advent of a much, much larger cycle. We're talking about 950 billion year cycles. And in this agreement, the Emerald Covenant, they agreed to create these various founder races. These are the races that actually uh, designed what we call the human race, the human race about 560 million years ago. But they agreed to create these various founders' races to seed life into our particular time matrix, all the density levels of our time matrix, why? To create peaceful co-evolution and ascension for all stellar races. And, with, and this Emerald Covenant has been restated many, many times throughout history. When it was restated at what we call the third seeding of the human lineage about 248,000 years ago, the what we call the density four. this is dimensions 10, 11, and 12, Lirin Anuhazi, I think we have one here, uh, or right here, see that? And the densities two and three, angelic and archangelic, soul and oversoul, Syrian azurites. These are the Syrian blues, Sirius B blues on behalf of these fifth density Branagh orders presented a gift to the earth human guardian races of the Emerald Covenant. And this gift, and we're all the information that I'm honored and gifted and, and just humbled to be able to share comes from a massive library of information detailing, for example, the history, the complete history of our time matrix. 950 billion years, creation physics, ascension mechanics, the mechanics of operating what we call the interplanetary Templar complex. This is the series of stargates on the planet, also in our bodies too. As above, so below is outside, inside. That we can access the planetary stargates, so we can access the interplanetary, interstellar, interdimensional stargates. This appears to be our original, why we were created to be guardians, custodians of the stargates on the planet that lead to the to the interdimensional, interharmonic stargates. This is a very important contract. This is why the the human race was originally created. The original race of humans that we call the Turanusium. On a planet we call Tara. It's a fifth dimensional version of Earth that exists in what we call the second density, 560 million years ago. And this massive library, this gift, existed as a set of 12 holographic discs, recording discs, 12 small holographic recording discs that we call the Dora-Torah. The eternal Dora Torah or the cloister Dora Torah. With these Dora Torah plates now, I've seen libraries, you know, I've tried, as you know, I've tried to get into the Vatican archives for years. For some reason, they keep denying me access to the Vatican archives. But in the meantime, in the interim, I've seen libraries, usually under, usually in the uh, Far East, um, in the Himalayas, Tibet, Nepal, places like that. Under the monasteries, much of these these monasteries were meant to guard them. Down below these monasteries, massive tunnel systems, massive libraries that make the Vatican archives. Greg Braden, I think, used to show uh, uh, photographs of these massive life go on for miles, and generation and generation after generation of monks have been transcribing and retranscribing the. The information from these Doator plates, they make the Vatican Archives look like your neighborhood library, you know? So there. And so accompanying those Doator plates, and there have been there have been many uh, people that have been charged with translating these Doator plates all throughout history, you know um, and that's a very, very special charge to translate these, these Doratora plates or portions of these Doratora plates. Accompanying them was a corresponding set of 12 larger disks that we call the signet shields. They were frequency generation devices through which the 12 primary stargates of the interplanetary Templar complex, the stargates could be accessed. Um, Very, very important, like the rod and the staff contained within the uh, within the Ark Covenant. How it is that we come into this information, we call this, it's not like telepathy, it's not channeling. Certainly, yes, in the larger sense. What well, we call this chelantic symbol code implantation. Um, the difference is that telepathy or channeling usually involves direct live communication between individuals where this type of code transfer utilizes like pre-recorded messages. This is what I got at the age of six years old. They're like emails. <clears throat> at that moment, they were, they're digitally programmed into symbol codes, which are then electrically implanted within the bioelectrical systems of the receiver. You, me, anyone. Once implanted, the symbol code message is stored within the cellular structure. As minute electromagnetic light sound patterns, which the receiver, you, me, anybody, can activate by intent to access this biologically stored information. The light symbol, the symbol codes are implanted within the consciousness, usually during the dream state. For many of us, or at a time of a near fatal accident, illness, for example. Less frequently during actual physical, real-time physical encounters, but that does happen. And upon returning to awakened consciousness, the clouds electrically engage within the body's central nervous system. And it will translate it digitally into the cells for storage. This is an important understanding here. When the receiver, you, me, anybody, desires to access the information, the simple thought to do so, sends the thought will send electrical chemical instructions to the cells, which direct them to activate the symbol code data. In response to this electrical command from the thought, here's the key, the cells transfer the digital symbol data into the operational DNA strands, where it undergoes the various translation processes, which turn the data back into electrical impulses that creates chemical hormonal responses in the body actually directed by the solar plexus that allows the recorded message to enter the central nervous system where it's decoded by natural sensory translation process processes. So a lot of this is down to the DNA. If you, if you still have unresolved karmic miasmic patterns in the DNA, you're not gonna be able to translate the information properly. There's gonna be problems. So one of the things that we, we stress in the positive way is to understand first the true nature of karma and the true nature of the miasmic imprint, and then do what's necessary to clear the karma, the miasm, not from not just from us, also from our parallel selves and uh, not uh, not necessarily past lives but these are parallel lives. We'll probably get into this in a couple of minutes when we get to the to the time matrix and the structure of of time and space. But it's important that we understand that it's not just us, there are others that are directly influencing us at this moment. And by the same token, we can influence them too. So why don't we get right to it? okay? To really understand in a little more detail, what it really, really is. It really helps us understand our place in the universe, certainly in this time matrix. Understanding the true nature of angels, archangels, avatars, rishi, ascended masters. There's a structure to time and space, and it's very, very important that consciousness have a template, a structure in which to express itself. This is the consciousness of the whole, whatever you want to call the unifying consciousness that that gave us, that birthed us here, whether you want to call it God, the unicide, Takashala, Wankantanka, Brittany Spears, I mean, whatever you imagine the wholeness of consciousness to be, that consciousness organizes itself in these various ordered sections that we call dimensions or harmonic universes in order to experience itself Now, if I may share, I have a diagram that might help, okay? It's very good to have the visuals here. And I think I have something that will really help. And again, I give great thanks to Iasha, to the Guardian Alliance, to the Emerald Dorda Melchizedek Cloister for this information, again, access from the door to plates. And in in a very quick couple of minutes, I explained the process of how it happens. This is digital data transfer. All of us are capable of accessing this information either directly or remotely. And when we understand the process, we get much, much better at it. So let's see if I can do this now. Yes, okay, this is awesome because I've talked about this a lot and very, very, very rarely do I get a chance to actually share this diagram, which comes from the Kathara Level One Biospiritual Healing Manual that we can talk about a little bit later. If anybody has any questions, they can always contact me. I'm not hard to find. Okay, so let's do it. Now, what you're seeing here, I don't know if I can get it any any bigger. Um, Let me see, can I? No, but I think this is okay, Sheila. Yeah? Oh yeah. no, I'm sorry, this is the wrong diagram. Where am, I, where am I going with this? Sorry. Let me see.
0: Yeah, it was up just a moment ago.
1: Yeah, but that was the wrong diagram.
0: Uh, well, give you me, had the harmonic me. universe up, if you Yeah, want
1: to. give me just one moment and I'll be able to access that, okay? In the meantime, how's it going with you, Sheila? What's happening?
0: You know, tell us about the good. new book.
1: Tell us about you and Barbara and the new yeah. book.
0: We're writing a new book called Cosmic Convergence, and it's the journeys of walk ins, indigos, and star seeds. Uh, our forward is being written by Mary Rodwell, and hopefully, we'll have it completed by the end of the month. So, it was something That's that awesome. happened just very quick. It was all download um, information. So, I'm excited to get that out. And then get back on the book that I've been working on for about two years. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: I know the feeling. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Here we go. Okay. This is what we call a time matrix. There are many, many of these time matrices, and they all have parallels to which we won't get into right now. But understand that this is a 15 dimensional time matrix in which consciousness organizes itself in these various ordered sections we call dimensions and universes in a 15 dimensional time matrix. And I guess w- when we start here, we should actually talk about what a dimension actually really is. That usually is glossed on a lot of people. It's easy to use these terms, but in our work, we really, really get into the nitty gritty. It's very, very important to understand on a somewhat sophisticated level, a level of accuracy and sophistication, I waited my whole life to be introduced to. I waited for this really many, even many, many, many lifetimes. Anyway, we have it here, we have it now, and we have it to share. In a 15 dimensional time matrix, consciousness organizes itself into sets of what we call harmonic universes. In a 15 dimensional time matrix, there are five harmonic universes. Each of these harmonic universes is composed of three dimensional bands. And what's a dimension? A dimension is a bandwidth of frequency. But what's frequency? Frequency is the number of oscillations in a given unit of time. We go to ultra micro particles. These are these some, we'll call them God particles, adamantine particles, but these are the smallest units of energetic substance of consciousness. We call them partikai in, uh, in many of the ancient languages, very, very similar in Sanskrit, praktiki. This partikai unit is the smallest unit of energetic substance, okay? Now there are different particle pulsation rhythms. These particles, they, they basically start out as sound and they emerge as light. So, you have this rhythm of sound, light, back into sound, light, sound, light, sound, light, sound, light. Frequency is the number of oscillations in a given unit of time, series of expansions and contractions. Expansions, contractions, right? Sound, sound precedes light, but sound will download into light. So we have sound, light, sound, lights. I won't get into some of the the inner work of this. It's it's a little complicated, but if anybody's interested, again, they can contact me. I offer mentorship programs one-on-one, small groups in that. In this, the art and science, the physics and metaphysics of consciousness and creation. So you have this particle pulsation rhythm. Frequency is the number of oscillations Vibrations, oscillations in a given unit of time. In a given unit of time, say a minute, how many times did it oscillate from sound to light and back to sound, right? Well, lower dimensions have a slower rhythm, less oscillations in a given period of time. The higher dimensions, they're higher frequency, not higher vibration, that's something we only need to talk about another time. Higher frequency is more oscillations in that given unit of time higher dimensions so you have harmonic universe one two three four and five we're here right now as incarnates carbon-based incarnates in harmonic universe one that's dimensions one two and three the next ascension is into harmonic universe two that's dimensions four five and six these are what we call the soul levels or the angelic levels The angels have biologies, but they're part carbon, part silica. You look at silica, it's the next octave on the periodic table. They oscillate about twice as fast as we do, okay? That's why we can't normally see them unless we get our operational DNA strands a little bit higher. So we can first perceive these dimensional fields, these higher dimensional fields, and ultimately participate in them. So this is the first ascension into harmonic universe two dimensions 4 5 and 6 these are the angels souls we call them harmonic universe 3 is the realm of the Oversoul or the Archangel dimensions 7 8 and 9 this is the lower akasha and the very important eighth dimension which is the entrance which is the portal to the what's called the meta galactic core the medical core in the 8th dimension is where consciousness enters a time dimension, a time matrix from outside the time matrix that we'll talk about in a minute. And is the ultimate exit point of consciousness in time to expand into fields that are not dimensionalized, what we would call the ascended master fields. So a harmonic university, now they all exist in the same space, but in different times. In different frequency bands, we need to understand that what what takes place in the higher dimensions actually happens in our future. That the angels are our future selves. Now we may many of us may have past lives, but I believe that what a lot of people are um, attributing to past lives is simultaneous incarnations. We'll get into that in a minute. I think this is a very very important distinction. And I'm not saying that we don't have past lives, but I think I can add something to the mix here, which can help people distinguish between past lives and parallel lives. Now, that's dimensions seven, eight, and nine. That's pure etheric silica, the archangels, the oversouls. The next one up, Harmonic Universe four, dimensions 10, 11, and 12. These are the avatars. These are the Christed ones, Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, Tenth, dimensional, we call the Christ mind. Eleventh, the Budaic mind, which is actually one dimension higher. And this is probably why the Christ went to the Near East, Middle East, Far East, in order to keep the education of our souls is a, is a, is a never-ending process, even for the ascended masters. There's still a couple of steps left, as I said before, to get into full agonement. These levels here, we're still in what we call biology. This is liquid light. This is pre-matter hydroplasm, liquid light, it's liquid crystal, liquid silica. And then you go even higher to harmonic universe five, the level, what we call the Branau, dimension 13, 14, 15. These beings are pure radiation, pure living light, pure wave form consciousness. The raw collectives, for example, is what we call is, is a Rishi collective. These are huge collectives of living light waveform consciousness. Now it's it's to really understand this. So you have 15 dimensions grouped into five harmonic universes. Each of these harmonic universes are composed of three dimensional bands. Okay, now let's start with the Rishi here. You have this great collective or gestalt of living like consciousness. What does it do? 12 aspects of that Rishi project themselves or are projected. The Rishi kind of subdivides itself. It's a process of subdivision, 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 like the, um, where do I have it here? You know, like the Matryoshka dolls, you know, the Russian dolls you have the larger doll and within the larger doll, here we go, right in front of me, right? You have the larger doll, this could be the Rishi. What the Rishi does, it subdivides itself, it sends, projects 12 parts of itself into the next lower harmonic universe as avatars. Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, Christed ones. So if this is the Rishi, it subdivides itself into 12 of these. 12 what we call avatars, okay? Same thing happens with the avatars. Each avatar now divides itself. 12 aspects of that avatar are projected into the next harmonic universe as, as, yeah, we're stuck here in the avatar levels. You know, but you get the idea, right? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not surprised you want to, you're in the avatar, you want to stay in those levels. But we all, this is the evolutionary path of human consciousness. And it's important to remember that the way down is the way back up. So the avatar projects 12, why 12? That has to do with the structure of time and space, the geoharmonic, the geometric harmonic structure of time and space, while... It, it goes through these prisms as it were of of hyper dimensional geometrical sort of uh templates of time and space and it like a prism like white light going through a prism you know it'll it'll divide itself into 12 12 lower parts each oversoul or Archangel now projects 12 parts of itself It's always in cycles of 12 into the next lower harmonic universe as angels or souls. Each angelic now projects 12 parts of itself into harmonic universe one as us and at least 11 others. So you, me, you, Sheila, all of us, we have 11 others. 11 others that shows different positions in time and space to incarnate into. Although I do believe that many, if not most of us, actually are not here as a result, a succession of past lives. If we've come from the higher dimensions, if we've come from the higher universes here, we've come from the future. It's not to say in different time cycles we may not have had past lives, but check this out. Now that angelic projects 12 parts of itself into our harmonic universe, us and 11 others, at least 11 others, in different positions in harmonic universe one. Relative to our present moment here, they could have chosen past, into into relative to where we are right now in past times. Now we share consciousness with them. We can be affected by them with their choices, just as they can be affected by our choices. Fact is, if you have a member of your immediate incarnational or soul family in what we would consider the past relative to our present, they could be considered past lives, but they're not past lives as we've come to understand them. They are simultaneous incarnations that exist in time-space coordinates that to us would be our past. Now we're entering period, we have entered periods and we've, we're we in a period now where there's a lot of dimensional bleed through. So we're getting memories from not necessarily our direct past lives, but from, but from our simultaneous incarnational family, from at least the 11 others. So, and again, yes, past life therapy, but I think if, a, if it was understood in its quote unquote proper or more accurate uh, context, we can still um, help heal them. We can facilitate their healing because we share a lot with them. We share a lot of consciousness with them. We share a lot of uh, underlying uh, structures of consciousness with them. Cathara we share a lot of stuff with them. We also can share a lot of karmic miasmic stuff with them many people need to understand that if we don't have the karma the lesson is not necessary it's the karma which necessitates the, the the facilitates the circumstance you know coming into your life that you can hopefully acknowledge and recognize that this is something you need to look at if you don't have the karma it doesn't you don't need the lesson the lesson was only there to get you to acknowledge what you need to look at to heal yourself Because again, the DNA is the great translator. All the DNA strands are transduction mechanisms. They translate consciousness and they allow consciousness to embody. Right now, we have three active DNA strands. It's not to say that there aren't obstructions and blockages within those DNA strands because how many of us can claim to have unified three, even unified uh, unified three-dimensional consciousness. We're starting to activate the fourth and fifth strands in which we'll begin to see, for example, well, higher human senses will come into operation. The sixth and seventh senses that we call the auditory and the tristet for higher uh, auditory and visual acuity, for example. Higher human senses will come into play, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. We'll start to perceive higher dimensional fields. We'll start to hear them, you know, and for a lot of people that don't understand this context and this framework, they end up in mental hospitals. I've been there. I believe me, I've done my volunteer work in some mental, some locked words. It was probably necessary for my continuing education. But I'll tell you, after a few hours, a day they're following me around, and that includes the doctors and the nurses too, and not just my fellow uh, inmates. Now, listen, so this is important. Because in understanding this diagram among many, understanding this, we understand where we come from. Many of us, I think personally, I started this. By the way, just so you know, the when we talk about, isn't it interesting that a lot of people that are channeling light language now, have you noticed they're starting to sound the same? Very, very similar elements of Native American, First Nation languages, secret languages. There's a language that, you know, that you can if you get the the, the guide to translate them. But there are they all have, as you know, Sheila, secret languages spoken among themselves or spoken among the initiates in the First Nations. Um, there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of Oriental Asian type languages. Well, the reason a lot of the light language channelers are beginning to sound the same because the first languages we're going to channel. Are the ones that are closest to us genetically, which means fifth and sixth dimensional races, fifth dimensional Pleiadian races. When we talk about the fifth dimension, what what takes place in the fifth dimension? We're talking a lot about Pleiadian consciousness. When we talk about the sixth dimension, we're talking about Syrian consciousness. So, a friend of mine called me the other day. He says I think I'm a, I think I'm a Pleiadian. I think, I've, I think I've, I'm I pleading. Well, yes, you are all these things. You're all these things here. You share consciousness, not just with your simultaneous incarnations, your immediate soul family down here. These are all parts of us. We will expand into these larger families of consciousness. The angels that we communicate with are our higher self. They are our future selves. The oversouls are the higher selves of the angels. The avatars of the higher self of the oversouls are the archangels. We all, on our evolutionary journey, continue to expand. And when we certainly know the healing of humanity really will come, when we understand the common core of creation from which we all emerge, all of us, even the ones we consider digressive or negative or evil, Part of our job here, our creation is the human race, as the original Ternusian Terran race, was to help facilitate the healing of all races. And a lot of that comes from understanding the common core of creation from which we all emerge. Um, For example, let's see, where was I here? Yeah, so when you understand this structure, now you can ask, so we, 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 we do all these ascensions, when we're fully embodied Rishis, where do we go from there? Well, we go back out through the eighth dimension, we lower our frequency a little bit, because if we if a tr- if a rishi decided to try to go through the medical of core, I can't even describe to you what would happen. This is why the Rishi can't manifest in our universe here. They have to send smaller portions of themselves, smaller merc of the vehicles, smaller portions of themselves into the lower harmonic universe or everything would be vaporized. We can talk about that at some future time. But the fact is, once you get to be a fully embodied Rishi, where do you go from there? Well, you need to lower your frequency to go back out through the eighth dimensional metagalactic core, and you expand to three very special levels of non-dimensionalized cosmic consciousness. See here as incarnates, we have individual cellular consciousness. Most of us have even difficulty in navigating one time vector. Imagine multi-dimensional consciousness. It's something that most of us can't even conceive yet, but this is our destinies, our original destinies to be able to evolve into our higher and higher and higher selves, expand into the oneness. Now, um, so, where do you go? The Rishi goes back through the metagalactic core, expands into these special levels of cosmo-consciousness. Here, as an angelic, you have consciousness of yourself. You connect with your race, a whole race morphogenetic field, your species, entire, all of humanity. It's the grid that a lot of the indigos talk about, you know, that they can c- c- communicate with each other, could communicate with each other on the grid, the grid it's the consciousness that all, they all share. Now the archangels of the oversouls, they have a planetary memory record. They know themselves as planet. This is the Akasha, the lower Akasha, okay? Harmonic universe four, the avatars, they have a universal consciousness. A galactic, Is it galactic or universal? A universal consciousness. Okay. And the Rishi have a no one. The Avatars have a galactic consciousness, excuse me. They know themselves now as galaxies. The Rishis have a universal consciousness. Now their consciousness expanded to know themselves as universe. What happens when they expand into these special levels? This is cosmic consciousness. They know themselves as the cosmos, and there's three levels here. These are the levels of ascended mastery, the levels of the three flames, or the threefold flame. Your first expansion into cosmic consciousness, and this is not now, this is not dimensionalized. These are not levels of light or consolidations or of light. This is sound, pure vibrational, non-audible sound vibration, from which we emerged when we, when we, we started at these levels, and we went into dimensionalization in this time matrix. Now remember, I'm drawing some broad strokes here, but this gives you a really good idea of it. These are the three levels of ascended mastery. First, you expand into the triadic level, the violet flame. Most of the ascended masters we're familiar with are violet flame ascended masters, those that have expanded into the first level of cosmic consciousness. The next expansion into cosmic consciousness is the polar or the gold level. Maybe a few of the masters who are familiar with, maybe Polarion, maybe a, a couple of others, gold level masters. And then the Akkadic level or the blue-green or the emerald level of Ascending Mastery. And there's still a couple of expansions left, believe it or not, to come into full woman. And this is the thing, this is the game. When you come into full woman, what happens then? If you're a little balloon, there's a big balloon, and you're blowing air into a little balloon. When you've when you've come when you've expanded into the full balloon, what happens then? I'll tell you what happens then. You go back out into dimensionalization. Then you come back into one minute Then back into dimensionalization. This is the breathing rhythm of the cosmos. This is it. Back and forth and back and forth in 950 billion year cycles. Now, jumping ahead a little bit, if a human discovers that it is one of the smaller incarnates, now there's a five minutes, perfect. There's also what we call an incarnational family clock and there are 12 digits to that incarnational family clock. You and the at least 11 others, okay? is called a family clock or an incarnational family clock. If a human discovers that it is one of the smaller incarnates within the family, within this family of consciousness, within this immediate incarnational family or soul family, there's a conscious decision made to accelerate personal evolution. And what then happens is, once the smaller incarnate assembles its codes, that it inherited from this life. And please note that the DNA, yes, can be a mechanism to pass on traits, but that wasn't its original purpose. DNA is the mechanism for ascension. DNA is the, we're given DNA so we can ascend. Maybe in a a future talk we go, I think my first uh, can talk will be about the nature of DNA. Okay, I think that would be a really, really interesting one. When a smaller incarnate, though that has less codes than the 11 others, you know, they're ones that have larger codes, a larger capability, potential for ascension. But that's okay. Because once the smaller incarnate assembles its codes that inherited from this life, or the unresolved karma from past life or simultaneous incarnation, then the incarnate, each one of us, can open communication with its soul family and request that something called a soul braid takes place. Many of us walk-ins, what actually has happened is a soul braid. When you open conscious communication with the soul family, you can request a soul braid and that takes place through which the grid of the smaller incarnate is merged with that of the larger incarnate. In a stall break or a walk-in, in many cases, the present incarnate can begin to assemble the codes from its next incarnation into its present body and works to fulfill not only your life purposes, but the life purposes of your next incarnation into its present lifetime. time. This is hopefully something we'll get into the next book, hopefully
0: there then maybe go. I can
1: contribute to.
0: Yeah Phil, so, this was that's, absolutely that's yeah, this was absolutely amazing. I really appreciate your coming on. Let's go ahead and reduce your screen uh, if you'll come off. And so for people if oh, they yeah. want,
1: sorry okay
0: if uh, people want to get a hold of you, how can they do so?
1: They can write to me at philgruber153 at hotmail.com. That's Phil Gruber, G-R-U-B-E-R, 153 at hotmail.com. If they're interested to go further with this, there are private one-on-one mentorships, as you know. There are small group mentorships. They're amazing, this program I put together. It's highly recommended. And um, if you just have any questions, please write to me. I'm very, very good at uh, getting back. I really do do my best to answer all incoming mails and stuff like that. Okay.
0: Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. I sincerely appreciate it. You've been listening to Phil Gruber on the Conscious Awakening Series podcast broadcast on the Conscious Awakening Network. So please check us out at the Conscious and sign up to be on our mailing list. So until next time, thank you for joining us and have a blessed day. Namaste. Thank you,
1: Sheila. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much.